Well, today we are going into part three of a series I've started called Close Encounters of the God Kind. And if you weren't here for the last couple of weeks, you can find them online. But we're looking at Ezekiel, his God encounter, the thing that changed his life and sent him on a pathway that uh, he wasn't sure was ever going to happen. And we started this series with uh, Ezekiel having a close encounter with God. He saw a vision of heaven coming to earth in all its power and its glory. Then last week, we looked at the four aspects of God that are, that are highlighted in the second chapter of Ezekiel. Uh, a, sorry, the first chapter of Ezekiel, the face of a man, an ox, uh, a lion, and an eagle, and how thousands of years later, it is in these aspects of God uh, used to describe Jesus in the four Gospels in the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. We also saw in this vision the cohesion and unity of the spirit world uh, being directed by the Holy Spirit. So that was the chapter one of Ezekiel, the vision that he saw, the close encounter of a God kind. Chapter two and three is about two different things. And the first thing is get in it, get it in you and get it through you. Chapter two, chapter three, it's about get in it, get it in you, get it out of you to somebody else. So it sort of sums up the Christian journey. Uh, when we get saved, we, we need to get in the presence of God, in the Word of God. Then we need to get the Word of God and the presence of God in us. And then we need to get it out to somebody else. It's the same principle, hasn't changed in thousands of years. Uh, so Ezekiel's three main messages through his book, uh, messages of number one, God is sending us. Chapter two, God is making us. Uh, he's doing something in our lives. And number three, all of heaven backs you. And next week, we're going to finish on that aspect of, of the book of Ezekiel, how heaven is backing you. Uh, the rest of Ezekiel, the book, is all about his story, what happens, how he goes out, he's been sent, what takes place. So chapter two, uh, the word of the Lord came to Ezekiel and it says, I am sending you. I am sending you. You know, as soon as you believed in Christ, God sends you. He, he doesn't make you, then send you. He sends you, then He makes you. He doesn't wait till you're all perfect. He says, you are sent. Uh, you know, the, the, the gospel is about accepting Jesus Christ as our Lord and Saviour. And that provides a pathway to heaven. That means when we go from this world, we'll spend eternity with the Father in heaven. Whatever that looks like, however it transpires, that's the Word of God. But we're not just meant to get to heaven. We're still here for a bigger reason than that because the Bible said, or Jesus said this, pray like this, my kingdom come, my will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The reason we are sent is because the more of heaven we bring to earth, the more of earth we're gonna see go to heaven. That's why we're sent. We are a sent people. We're not perfect. We don't know a lot of things yet, but we are definitely sent. So let me look at Ezekiel chapter two, verses one through three or four. And he said to me, son of man, stand on your feet and I will speak to you. Then the spirit entered me when he spoke to me and he set me on my feet. And I heard him who spoke to me. And he said to me, son of man, listen to this, I am sending you to the children of Israel, to a rebellious nation that has rebelled against me. They and their fathers have transgressed me to this very day. So straight, straight away, as soon as he has this, this uh, vision, it's this close encounter with God, the first thing that God wants to do out of him seeing all this stuff was going, I am sending you. And I find it fascinating there because it says the Spirit entered him. Uh, and we are Holy Spirit filled believers. 
See, when we get baptised in the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God resides in us. So we, we can just go, yeah, I'm filled with the Spirit. Yeah, yeah. But back in the day, not everybody was filled with, filled with the Spirit. As a matter of fact, back in the day, it was only the odd person or prophet that God came with or into and spoke to them. And, and, and then and this is a, back in the day, this is a miracle that takes place. A miracle that the Spirit of God came into uh, Ezekiel's heart and spoke to him. You and I have got this every day. You realise that? We're not to take light of how we have received the Spirit of God in our lives. And he spoke to him. He says, I am sending you. I am sending you. You're going to bring something to the world around you. You, you, You've been in it. Now you've got it in you. Now I want it out there. Let's have a look at John chapter 1, verses 1 through 5. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. They're speaking about Jesus. All things were made through Him, and without Him nothing was made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not and still does not comprehend who He is. This is when God was outside of time, outside of His creation. He was in the infinite world. He was the Word beyond outside of time and all that could be seen. He's the one that creates everything by His words. Not without God, but Jesus as well. They together created all things. You know, it's funny, as you look at the world and its bigness and and the universe, I I don't think they're going to find the end of the universe until God stops speaking. It doesn't matter how big your telescopes go, God speaks and things get created. It's, it's infinite that way. But it's also infinite the other way. You can take a molecule, you can cut it in half, then that half you can cut in half, and that half you can cut in half, and that half you can cut in half, and that half, it doesn't matter how small it gets, there's another half to cut. So not as it infinite this way, it's infinite that way. So the God we're talking about was outside of time, outside of creation. But then something changed that had never been seen before. This God, through Jesus, enters into time and enters into His creation. John chapter 1, verse 14 says this, And the Word became flesh. The the God that created all things, the God that was outside of time and, and matter, now became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld His glory and the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and full of truth. Jesus was sent from outside of time into time itself. Why? Because He was in it, it was now in Him, and now He had to give it to us. That's why He came. That's why He was sent to earth. Mark chapter 16, verse 15 says this to us. And He said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. These are the last recorded words that Jesus speaks in the gospels. Now understand this. When you're going to have your last speech, your last say, you choose your words very wisely. He didn't speak on hundreds of different subjects where he could have spoke to. He picked one particular thing and he said, go into all your world and preach the gospel. Why? What is he saying? He's saying, you have been sent. You have been sent. Get in it, get it in you and get it out to the people around you. Go into your world, let them know there's a Jesus, a Saviour, one who has hope and future and eternity that can be theirs. You know, if you are are bored being a Christian, it's your own fault. Really. I've been a Christian a long time. I can't remember ever being bored. 
I, I mean, really, if, you're, if, you're, if you step into your sentness, being sent, you should have more adventures than the Avengers, James Bond, and Spider-Man put together. There's a sense of it when you move into your purpose and calling that life creates a whole new atmosphere around your life. Step up into your sentness. Let the words spoken to you in your heart become flesh in your life. Let His word that was spoken not just stay a word, but let it become the way you do life. The power that we have from heaven is not that we hear it, but it gets in us, it transforms us. And now the world just doesn't hear what we say. It says, it, it sees what God says should be. The Word became flesh. Jesus, the Word became flesh. And in all this, and it doesn't matter what season you're going through, be confident in your call, heaven is backing you. Be confident in your call, heaven is backing you. And next week, I'm gonna just go to bits on that one. Don't miss it, all right? Heaven is backing you. Uh, let's read James chapter five, verses 17 and 18. And this is just a reminder that heaven is backing us. Elijah was a man with a nature just like whose? Ours. So he was, he was not some superhuman or had some super gift. He was a man that had a nature just like ours. And yet he prayed earnestly that it would not rain and it did not rain on the land for three years, six months. And he prayed again and then heaven gave rain and the earth produced its fruit. To me, it's a crucial reminder that when I step into the call of God around my life, heaven is gonna back me. Heaven is with you today. This is good news. Heaven's not gonna, so go and then good luck. Yeah, good luck. No, no, heaven is backing you. And I find that incredibly reassuring to know that whatever I step into what God's called me to do, that heaven is backing. We are being prepared for the job, but heaven is with us. His words must become our words. Then those words must not just stay words, they must become flesh, the way we do our lives. You see, parrots have plenty of words, but they don't rule the world. Because words are not enough. There's gotta be a result, a transformation in how we do life together. I am sending you into the world around you. Take my words and my example to them. Go live it and proclaim it. And this is so important because the Bible actually goes on to say that man does not live by bread alone. It lives off every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And I'm not just saying just believers, mankind needs the Word of God to live properly. And they won't know it unless we don't bring it to them. So the plan is we've got to let people know what God is saying because that's what brings life into human hearts. Man does not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God and it must be delivered by His people. Go, Ezekiel, go. Become my word. Speak my word. And he does. We're gonna read a passage. It's just a beautifully profound uh, picture of the word of God being spoken and what takes place. Be healed. Be still. Arise. Awaken. They're declarations of faith that transform the spirit world around our life. Ezekiel 37, 1 through 10 says this. And this is a picture of what happens when we prophesy and speak to the world around us. The hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me in the midst of the valley. It was full of bones. Then he caused me to pass by them all around and behold, that there were many in the open valley. Indeed, they were very dry. And he said to me, son of man, can these bones live? So I answered, oh Lord God, you know. 
Again, He said to me, prophesy, declare to these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus said the Lord God to these bones, surely I will cause breath to enter into you and you shall live. I will put sinews on you and bring flesh upon you, cover you with skin and put breath in you and you shall live. Then you shall know I am the Lord. So I prophesied and as I was commanded and I prophesied, as I prophesied, there was noise and suddenly a rattling of the bones came together, bone to bone. Indeed, I looked, sinews and flesh came upon them. The skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. So he said to me, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, say to the breath, thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath. Breathe on these slain that they may live. You see, so I prophesied as he commanded me and breath came into them and they lived and they stood up on their feet an exceedingly great army. If there is ever a picture of transformation from conversion, that's it. We come to the Lord with dry bones, not much left. The earth has sucked every part of us out of us and now we're left and we come to God and He starts to put life around us. The bones come together. He puts sinew on our heart, flesh on our things and He breathes the life of God into us. Once that we're dead, now we are alive. You must be born again, the Bible says. And we see that this declaration and example by Ezekiel is starting to bring life to dry bones. And I wanna tell you, our lives are the same that we can bring life and transformation to the people around us, just like Ezekiel did. Go, I am sending you, Ezekiel. Speak, be my word. So the first part of the message is I send you. The second part is I am making you. You're becoming. So immediately, as soon as we're born again, we know we love Jesus, we're now sent. And then God says, now that you're sent, I'm gonna make you along the way. I'm gonna bring transformation to your life. You're becoming something. Look at Ezekiel 2 verse six. And you son of man, do not be afraid of them, nor be afraid of their words, though briars and thorns are with you and you shall dwell among scorpions. Do not be afraid of their words or dismayed by their looks, for they are a rebellious house. Can I tell you, that's a word for some people here today. Don't be scared of their words and don't be dismayed by the looks people give you. Right? Don't be afraid. That, that, don't be afraid. You, I'm, I, you're gonna call to dwell amongst briars and thorns and scorpions, but I am with you, says the Lord. You see, that's what I'm saying. God didn't take us out of the earth. He left us in so we could bring God to our generation. He's gonna leave us in. God never promised us an easy road. He promised us a victory. He didn't say it was gonna be simple, didn't say it was gonna be nice all the time. He said, but you will see victory. And see, that's why we've gotta hold strong to what God's calling us to do. I am making you, you are becoming. Don't fear, fear not, don't be dismayed. If people come against you, it's okay. You're gonna live in the midst of briars, thorns and scorpions. I am making you, you are becoming. Though we are in the world, we are not of the world. But God leaves us in the world, so why? Because if we've been in it and we've got it, we can hand it out. Principle it like that. Therefore, to see God's plans come to pass, we must change our response to trials, tribulation and hostility. Because it will happen. There will be trials, there will be tribulations, there will be hostility. So our, our response to that determines whether we unleash the plan of God or we suffocate the plan of God. Look at James chapter two, chapter one says, two verse four. 
2 through 4. My brethren, count it all joy. Now, Christians are having joy when there's no trials. We're good at being happy when it's going good. But here it says, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Well, that doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Like, why, why should I be happy that somebody's attacking me? Why should I be happy that I'm going through this season? But let's just, let's just move it a little bit here. The Bible also goes on to say, the joy of the Lord is our strength. The joy of the Lord is our strength. So if you could transform those words or just change them out. My brethren, count it all strength when you fall into various trials. Count it all strength, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience, but let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect, complete, lacking nothing. You see, we've got to change our response to trials and tribulations because at the end of the day, God's going to leave us with those things because He's making us in the middle of those things. That's why Jesus came to earth to be in the middle of humanity so He knew the, the pain and the needs of every person. He left us in the middle to bring what He has to them. I am making you and you will dwell amongst them. You will dwell amongst them. Briars. You know, the things that catch you up, they hold you back. Briars, they're sticky, they're pointed. They stop forward motion in your journey. They ensnare you. Was, wasn't there a rabbit that caught, caught in a briar patch? Peter? Peter Rabbit? The idea of briars is that they hold you back. They catch you up. You can't move. You're stuck where you are. They ensnare you. And the Bible says we're going to be planted in amongst briars. Let me give you a couple of examples of briars today so we have an understanding of what's going on here. One of the classic briars I see that hold people back in their spiritual walk is unforgiveness. Unforgiveness. Hey, if you've never been hurt in life, you need to get out more. Pain is inevitable. Misery is optional. Pain is inevitable. So we've got, to, we've got to work out how to deal with that. And often somebody that's hurt us doesn't deserve to be forgiven. But that's not the issue. Forgiveness is not about setting them free. It's about setting you free. See, forgiveness, unforgiveness is a briar. It holds you back. It stops your forward projection. It's around you. You're stuck there. It's not until you learn to forgive that you're free to move forward. If you can't deal with your past, then you can't move into your future. And many people find it hard to forgive because they don't deserve to be forgiven. I agree. Not the point. If you want to get out of the briar patch, you've got to learn to forgive people. And I'm not saying if you've been violated or sexually abused or physically abused, I'm not saying you stay in the situation and continue to get it. No, no, I'm not saying that at all. I say you move out of harm's way, but then you forgive. Because forgiveness is not about setting them free. It's about you getting out of the briar patch. There's a story in the Bible about a king and uh, he's having a good day. This guy comes in, owes him a debt that he could never pay back. King's feeling good about life. Says, you know what, today you're free. I forgive you of all of your debt. You're a free man, go out. He was shocked and amazed, walked out. You'd think, man, he'd be the best day of his life. But the Bible records it's not long after, he runs into another guy and the other guy owed this guy a bit of money. Not a lot, it could be paid. 
And, and he looked at him and said, hey, I want everything given to me back right now. And he says, well, I can't, but I will. And he has that guy thrown in jail. You know what the first thing about unforgiveness is? It makes you stupid. Think about it. How can the guy pay you back if he's in jail? Put him in jail. Stupid. So unforgiveness catches us up and we start to make wrong decisions. Then the king hears about this, calls the guy back in that he'd forgiven of everything and he wouldn't forgive this guy of a little thing and says, what? And he puts that guy in jail. Can I tell you today that unforgiveness will keep you in the briar patch? It'll keep you in the jail cell. You got, I mean, how dumb can a man be and still breathe? Aren't you glad we would never do something like that? Be forgiven of everything and then hold something against somebody else. It's a briar. It'll, it'll hold you back. It'll stop your forward motion. You must learn to forgive no matter how painful it is. It'll set you free. But we live in the briars. You can live with them. Another briar is not dealing with disappointment. If you don't deal with disappointment along the way, it's a briar. It holds you back. It stops your growth. It stops you moving forward. And disappointments do come. Not everything goes according to plan. There's no one I've ever spoke to who said, you know what? I've never had one problem my whole life. It's not real. Disappointment will come. I remember the day I decided to give up my full-time job. I very successful in business. I had a company car, I ran a big company. The whole thing was happening. And I, I felt God call us into ministry. We started a church and, and it was time to leave the job and go into full-time ministry, trusting God for everything. And within a couple of weeks of starting, Lee and my children were in a five-car accident. The and bless God that the truck at the end, didn't run up the bat, stopped in time and didn't run in the back of Lee right there. But the issue was that she was the last one in a concertina and back then the law was that the one at the end was to blame and would have to pay for everything. Unfortunately, we had no comprehensive insurance. So here I am, really not got the money to deal with this and I'm going, what the? I just give up my, this is it, this is how, I mean, you think about Paul's life. He spends most of his time in a jail. Every time he went to a city, there was a big banner that said, welcome to our jails. What do we say? What the? Disappointments will come. But how we deal with them is significant. Because if you don't give them to Jesus, you're gonna be stuck in the briar patch. Your spiritual walk's gonna go back, but you're stuck where you are. You've gotta to learn to move on, to give your disappointments to Jesus. Then, not as it briars, there's thorns. <laughs> and you know a thorn, it's, it's pointed. <laughs> it, it's sharp. <laughs> when you uh, put your hand on thorns, they, they cause pain. You bleed with them, you hurt. They, they get stuck in you and you've got to deal with them. Otherwise, they get infected and, and it causes all sorts of problems. And I was up um, fishing a couple of weeks ago with my son, Josh and Amy, who live at Airlie Beach, a boat. We were out fishing and Josh had caught a fish and he was trying to get the hooks out and the boat rocked and he got the hook out of the fish's mouth but it went straight into his hand. And um, so I'm looking at his hand, starting to bleed. 
Um, and so we try to keep, he's got a barb on a hook, you know, like so, so we're trying to pull it through to get the barb out and it's not really working. We can't pull it out that way. It, it's not gonna go backwards. And we didn't have anything strong enough to cut the hook to push it through the other way. So we didn't have that option either. Um, so I looked at him and he said, yeah, dad, we're gonna, we're gonna cut my skin. So he put his hand on the side of the boat. I got a knife and started cutting into Josh's hand. Just enough to pop that hook out. But it had to be dealt with. Because if you don't deal with thorns, you get infected. It starts to bring sickness to your body. And it's the same in life. If you don't deal with the arrows and darts that come your way, you'll start to get infected. You lose your spiritual strength. You start to walk with a spiritual limp. Thorns are things like negative words that people speak over your life. You're nothing. You, you will never amount to anything. Who do you think you are? And we all have a repertoire of words that have been spoken over our lives that are like arrows or thorns digging into our skin. Or rejection. To be rejected is a horrible thing. And, and you can be rejected because you stand for your faith even though you are still loving the people that are rejecting you. But it's rejection, you feel the pain of that. It's a, it's a thorn going in. Or close friendships, somebody's shut down on you for no particular reason and you feel rejected by somebody close, a betrayal. You see, things like that, they're, they're the thorns or the things that attack us and unless we're good at giving them back to Jesus, we get sick in our soul, sick in our spirit. <laughs> I know this is an encouraging message you're all feeling better because you come today. That's just how it is. He said, I'm sending you and I'm going to let you dwell amongst the thorns and the briars. Just telling you what the truth is here. And then his accusation, betrayal, being bullied, being blamed when you've done nothing wrong. You've been lied about and you can't defend yourself. They're sharp. They're pointed, they cause pain. But I find it fascinating, I really do. I find it fascinating that the Romans put a crown of thorns and briars on Jesus' head when he was being crucified. Thorns and briars were slammed on the head of Jesus. It was to give him pain, to get it all caught, all messed up, to hurt him, no doubt about that. But they crowned him. And I'm looking at that going, they had no idea what they did, but this is what they really did. He was no longer just the king of kings. He was the king over briars and thorns. He took all of our pain to that cross, all of our trouble, all of our tribulations that we would go through. He took it on that cross and in Him, it was defeated and destroyed. So even though we're in them, we dwell among them, God's got a plan for us to win through the thing. King of kings, the king over briars and thorns. I am making you. I'm sending you. You're going to dwell amongst them, but I'm making you. And the last thing is scorpions. And I don't know if I've ever, no, I've never been stung by a scorpion, but I do know this, that it's pretty painful. But I want to tell you in the Bible, scorpions often represent demonic attacks. It's the spirit world we're talking about now. We're talking about briars and thorns, the natural things that attack us and come to destroy us, hold us back. But there's also a spiritual war going on here. 
And there will be scorpions, demonic attacks. We fight not against flesh and blood. That's why we don't get angry at the people that hate us. We love them anyway, but we do fight in the spirit world against the demonic powers. We fight not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers of darkness. Be assured, we are in a spiritual war. The devil hates. He, the devil, he just hates, but he hates us as well. He's a hater, but he hates us. We are in a spiritual war. And as I look over the last couple of years, and even as we move into 2022, it has become clearer and clearer to me what we're fighting for. We're fighting for freedom of speech, freedom of religion, freedom of values, freedoms that we all should enjoy in a country like ours. We are fighting for them. It's not people, people, that people think, but no, it's bigger than that. There's a war going on in the spirit to take away the things that create civilization at its very best. We're in a spiritual war. So here we are, God said, I'm sending you, I'm gonna make you, I'm gonna make you in the middle of the briars and the thorns and the scorpions, but I'm gonna make you. You will win out of this. God has got your back, all of heaven backs you. We'll come through, we will be the light of the world. Jesus is the answer to all of mankind. Good news, Colossians chapter two. Told you to get better. And you, being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh. He is made alive together with Him, having forgiven all of your trespasses, having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against you, which was contrary to us. He has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. He has disarmed principalities and powers and made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it that we are more than conquerors in His Name. We are overcomers in the Name of Jesus. And the briars and the thorns and scorpions will not contain us, they will shine the gold that's within us. You see, it's in the fire that the steel gets stronger. It purges it. It's when you deal with the roughness around the gold that it starts to shine. And it's that battering effect that allows the shining to take place. God has got us, He's got our back. Jesus' death and resurrection were spiritual victories of epic proportions. 1 John chapter 4, verses 4 through 6 says this, You are of God, little children, and have overcome them. See that? You are of God, and you ha He has overcome them. Because He who is in you is greater than He who is in the world. They are of the world, therefore they speak as of the world and the world hears them. But we're of God. He who knows God hears us. He who is not of God does not hear us, but this we know, the Spirit of truth, this we know, the Spirit of, by this we know the Spirit of truth and the Spirit of error. Greater is He that's in me than he that is in the world. Greater is the Spirit of God in you than he, the Spirit that's in the world. This is the good news of the Gospel. And even though we go through our briars and our thorns and attacked by scorpions, God has promised us the victory. Greater is He that's in me than he that's in the world. Ezekiel dwelt amongst briars, thorns, scorpions, and so will it be for us. We are in the world, but we are not of the world. To bring God's love and hope and peace to the world. I'm sending you, the Word of the Lord said to you today, I'm sending you and I will be making you. 
Let's close our eyes, bow our heads today. Lord, I thank you right now for the anointing that's in this meeting, the spirit that's transforming broken hearts. There's no, no doubt people here are dealing with some, are dealing with briars. And this is the moment to forgive those that have hurt you, disappointed you. Whether they deserve it or not, it's irrelevant right now. Free yourself from briars. Move into your future. Forgive. Hand over your disappointments to God right now. God, I hand them over. I'm getting up. I'm moving out of the briar patch. I'm going forward. Identify the thorns that have tried to take you out. Ones that have caused pain. Give them to God today. Let them go. God, I'm, I'm dealing with this stuff. I'm moving forward. Because I, I want to be strong to stand against the scorpions that come our way. God, I, I want to be ready to fight this spiritual battle for my family, my children, God, the people around me, my community, my society. God, give me the strength to fight and to see victory. God, I pray blessing over this great group of people here this morning. And right now, I, I, let's, let's just lift up every church in Australia, every Christian institution, every Christian school. Father, cover them with your protection here this morning. God, strengthen them, awaken them to see the day that they're in. God, we pray that you sovereignly reign supreme over them. Call them in closer and stronger than ever. God, let the will of God be done in them and through them. Every believer in Australia, God, every preacher, every pastor, every priest, God, let them be protected by the hands of God. God, as we get together and fight in the realm of the Spirit, the unseen battle, God, we lift up Australia. We lift up your church, God. We believe for great things to happen in it and through it today. Bless Australia. Bless this great country, I pray. In Jesus' name. And all that agreed said, Amen. Amen. And just as I close today, um, I, I don't know everybody here, and maybe you've never given your life to Christ. <laughs> maybe you're hearing it. And it's, it's not a, a usual message, it's a fairly complicated message, but it's nothing really changes. God wants the very best for you. It doesn't matter what you've done, where you've been, what you believed. He's not angry at you. He's not mad at you. He wants the very best for every person. And the best way of that to happen is that we commit our lives to Him. The Bible says that if we believe upon Jesus, we shall be saved. Saved out of, saved into. And I don't know what problems you're facing right now. I don't know what trials are going to be in your future. But I do know this. The answer you will need will start and finish in the name of Jesus. He's available right now. His hands are reaching out towards you. All you've got to do is decide. It's a spiritual battle. He is a spiritual God. And if you believe upon Him, you shall receive Him. So why don't you close your eyes one more time today. Right across the room, you know, if you say, you know what, I, need to, I want to believe upon Jesus. I want to come back and recommit my life. I want to make sure I'm going to heaven. Whatever it is that you're in your heart right now, God's waiting for you. I want to pray with you. I'm not going to embarrass you today. It's because it's an internal matter. It's not, but I, I want to pray with you. And if that's you, say, you know what? I want to do this today. I want to believe upon Jesus. I want to come back. I want to recommit. Would you slip your hand up? Just give me a wave. Right where you're seated. Thank you in the middle. Thank you at the back. Others today, just thank you on the side. Thank you over there. Others today, just give me a wave. And say, you know what? I, I, pray with me today. Pray with us. Look one more time. Just look over on the side. Thank you. I see that hand as well. It's, Quick, is anybody else today? We're about to praise and look one more time. Thank you on the backside over there. Great idea. Well done. So look, 
Lord, as I looked, I saw hands. God, you saw hearts. Not hands that went up, but hearts that opened up. And something spiritual is now taking place inside of them, deep in their soul. Belief, faith is starting to activate. They're becoming alive to God. And you promised that you forgive us of every sin, every failure, every mistake, every one of them, and remember them never again, a clean slate. You said you'd love us so completely that we become children of the Most High God. And I know that heaven rejoices when even one comes back. So I know right now that heaven is rejoicing for every one of these people. And so do we here at City Point, in Jesus' name. And all agreed said, amen. Let's give it up for those people today. What great decisions.